Good evening to you from me, Father Emil, and a very warm welcome to As the Sun Sets. Hope it's been a good day for you. It's been a cold day in Johannesburg, but what can we say? Winter time, so we should expect that. But it's lovely being with you today, and I hope that you're going to stay with me right through until six, and why not beyond that? My name is Father Emil, the program As the Sun Sets. And let's place ourselves in the presence of the Lord and ask the Lord to be with us as we praise Him. Thank him at the end of this day. O God, come to our aid. O Lord, make haste to help us. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Alleluia. And in the month of the Sacred Heart, why not?
Those who are sowing in tears will sing when they reap. Psalm 125, Joy and Hope in God. When the Lord delivered Zion from bondage, it seemed like a dream. And then was our mouth filled with laughter, on our lips there were songs. The heathens themselves said, What marvels the Lord worked for them! What marvels the Lord worked for us! Indeed, we were glad. Deliver us, O Lord, from our bondage, as streams in dry land. Those who are sowing in tears will sing when they reap. They go out, they go out full of tears, carrying seed for the sowing. And they come back, they come back full of song, carrying their sheaves. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Those who were sowing in tears will sing when they reap. The Lord will build a house for us. He will watch over our city. Psalm 126. Success depends on the Lord's blessing. If the Lord does not build a house, in vain do its builders labor. If the Lord does not watch over the city, in vain does the watchman keep vigil. In vain is your early arising, your going later to rest. You who toil for the bread you eat, when he pours gifts on his beloved while they slumber. Truly, sons are a gift from the Lord, a blessing, the fruit of the womb. Indeed, the sons of youth are like arrows in the hand of a warrior. Oh, the happiness of the man who has filled his quiver with these arrows! He will have no cause for shame when he disputes with his foes in the gateways. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. The Lord will build a house for us. He will watch over our city. He is the firstborn of all creation. He is supreme over all creatures. Let us give thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in this, to qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. All things were created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, 
and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. He is the firstborn of all creation. He is supreme over all creatures. Our Gospel reading this evening is taken from the Gospel according to Matthew chapter 6. Jesus said to his disciples, Be careful not to parade your good deeds before men to attract their notice. By doing this you will lose all reward from your Father in heaven. So, when you give alms, do not have it trumpeted before you. This is what the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets to win men's admiration. I tell you solemnly, they have had their reward. But when you give alms, your left hand mustn't know what your right is doing. Your almsgiving must be secret, and your Father who sees all that is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not imitate the hypocrites. They love to say their prayers, standing up in the synagogues and at the street corners for people to see them. I tell you solemnly, they have had their reward. But when you pray, go to your private room. And when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in that secret place. And your Father who sees all that is done in secret, will reward you. And when you fast, do not put on a gloomy look as the hypocrites do. They pull long faces to let men know they are fasting. I tell you solemnly, they have had their reward. But when you fast, put oil on your head, wash your face, so that no one will know you are fasting, except your father, who sees all that is done in secret. And your Father, who sees all that is done in secret, will reward you. Well, today we move out of the... Uh, Chapter 5, the Sermon on the Mountain. And uh, we move now into chapter 6, and Jesus speaks about uh, three very important things. Because in the practice of Judaism in those days, there was a lot of observance of the law. But the observance of the law was, was done because it was the law. And everybody thought, especially the scribes and the Pharisees, that by observing the law, they would be saved and be pleasing to God. In other words, it's what we do that makes God respond to us. If we don't do what we're supposed to do, if we don't follow the law, 
then don't expect God to enter our lives. And I think for Jesus, it's quite the other way around. Yes, we must observe the law, but it's not the observance of the law that's going to draw or attract the gratuitous love, attention, mercy, and forgiveness of God towards us. It's a, it is a completely different way of seeing things that Jesus puts to us. For the Jewish people and the rabbis and the Pharisees and so on, it was, yes, Jesus mentions three things here today. Giving alms. You give contributions of money. People see that and they say, ooh, look what so-and-so has given. So it makes a big impression. Jesus is not saying we mustn't give alms, but we don't give alms to attract the attention of people. In fact, we don't even give alms to attract the attention of God. So Jesus mentions these three things, giving alms, praying, and fasting. These are the three things he mentions in the gospel today. And what he's asking his disciples to do is not to do them to attract the attention of people. I remember once going to a very wealthy man and saying, can we acknowledge this gift from you? And he said, no, I don't want to have uh, myself acknowledged in any way. And it was a considerable sum of money that he was giving. And this is the way Jesus is recommending we do it. You don't give alms to make people say, ooh, look what so-and-so has given. We don't pray on the street corner to say, oh, look at this Pharisee, look at this person, how fervent he is, how observant he is in observing the law and all that sort of thing. Uh, we don't do it for, the, for those intentions, but there are people who do things for, for, for the, you know, with that purpose in mind. So it's quite clear that Jesus is saying, whether we are fasting, praying, or giving alms, we are not doing it, and we mustn't do it to attract the attention of people. But we must do it for God. So go into your private room, close the door, and pray to God who is in that private place, or you go into a chapel, or wherever it is, and just be with the Lord in confidence and in private. And that's what the Lord sees. We're not doing these things to attract the attention of people at all. Not at all. We're doing it because God is in that secret place and we want to pay tribute to God in whatever way. Now, I think we need to take these three things that Jesus talks about, and we can talk about them all, in fact, but uh, there's no time really to talk about all these things. But let's just take the issue of praying Often I have found that in some of our services, our Catholic services for that matter, when people pray at the prayers of the faithful, somebody will start praying and they will want to pray better than anybody else, it seems. They raise their voices. They become deeply emotional. In fact, they don't just pray in a simple sort of way, but they're actually preaching a sermon. They're trying to tell people, what they should be doing and how they should be doing it. And whenever I've been in a, in a church and I've been leading the service and it comes to the prayers of the faithful, I've always said, let's be short, sweet, and <laughs> to the point. We're praying. We want to pray for the sick in our parish. And Father, we bring them to you. We ask you to lay your healing hands upon them. Restore them to health. Lord, hear us. Quite simple, not going into a long tirade and sermon about the sick 
perfect and the love and the mercy of God and it sounds very good. It's the sort of thing one hears on radio and television when some priests and some ministers or pastors, they go on and on and on and they close their eyes and they raise the Bible to heaven and they, they walk around and they make a big show about what they're doing. And Jesus is saying that that's not what we want. When we pray, we go into our private room and pray. If we pray in chapel, it's not to draw the attention of people so that they will say, oh, you know how so-and-so prays. It is so incredible and so wonderful. <laughs> that's not why we pray, and, and that's not what we're encouraged to do. So I want to say today, in our prayer especially, whether it's in private or in, in the church, remember, be brief, be to the point. Don't pray to draw the attention or to attract the attention of people. That's not why we pray. We pray, we put ourselves in the presence of the Lord, and we ask the Lord to be with us, to guide us, and to hear our prayer. Quite simply, no long, long sermon that makes up a kind of prayer. That's not what we are asked to do. And that's what Jesus is saying to us today. You see, in the days of the Pharisees, when it came to midday or in the morning and the, the siren was sounded, the trumpet was sounded, if anybody was standing on the street corner, lots of people would notice them there and they would make a big show about what they were doing and how they prayed and so on. That's not what we are asked to do. Rather, let's be very sensitive and conscious of the loving mercy, the gratuitous love and mercy of God towards us. So we pray quite simply. To the point, no long two, three, five minutes of prayer that make people say, ooh, you know how Mrs. So-and-so prays, you know, she's incredible, or Father So-and-so, the way he prays. That's not what we are asked to do. To be simple, to the point, and to place our prayers and petitions to the Lord. So we can go on about fasting and, uh, and about the other things that Jesus talks about in the gospel today, but let's just take that one thing of prayer. Be simple, be to the point, not to attract the attention of people, but to place our prayers and our petitions before God and to be very sensitive that no matter what we say, no matter how long we pray for, no matter how we pray, the fact that we come before the Lord, let's be conscious of the gratuitous love, mercy and forgiveness of God towards us. There's nothing that you or I can say that's going to draw the compassion of God towards us. God loves us so much that he just lavishes his love and mercy and forgiveness upon us, not because of anything we've done or said, but just because God is God and God loves us and wants to lavish his love and mercy upon us. Redeem me, Lord, and show me your mercy. Do not cast me away with sinners. Redeem me, Lord, and show me your mercy. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. Redeem me, Lord, and show me your mercy. The Almighty has done great things for me. Holy is his name. 
My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour. For he has looked with favour on his lowly servant, and from this day all generations will call me blessed. The Almighty has done great things for me. Holy is his name. He has mercy on those who fear him in every generation. He has shown the strength of his arm. He has scattered the proud in their conceit. He has cast down the mighty from their thrones and has lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and has sent the rich away empty. He has come to the help of his servant Israel, for he has remembered his promise of mercy, the promise he made to our fathers, to Abraham and his children, forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. The Almighty has done great things for me. Holy is his name. Now, I may have faith strong enough to move mountains, but if I have no love, I am nothing. And so with this in mind, we pray, Lord, grant us your love. Lord, sustain us as we build and grow towards you. Increase our faith as we work. We are assailed by doubts and weighed down by uncertainties. Release our hearts to journey towards you with hope. Love keeps no score of wrong and does not gloat over evil. Help us to delight in the truth and rejoice in your gifts to others. Confirm the pilgrim church in the faith of the apostles. Help us to encourage each other, sharing our gifts. And bring those who have died in your peace to that knowledge which fulfills faith and answers hope. Grant them the fullness of your love. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Lord, let your people's cry come into your loving presence. Forgive them their sins, so that by your grace they may be devoted to your service and rest secure under your protecting hand. We make our prayer through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit as God forever and ever. Amen. And now may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down upon you and remain with you always.
that's where we ended this evening. Thank you very much for joining me, Father Emil. And I wish you a wonderful, restful evening. I'll be back with you again tomorrow morning at 6 o'clock. But for me, it's goodbye and God bless you. But before I go, may I please remind you about our competition. It's Father's Day on Sunday, and I'm challenging all mothers and wives out there. Come on, show your love for your husbands. Buy them a ticket in the competition. If they don't want to go, they can give it to anybody else. It's quite simple. 41809, you tap that into your telephone. 41809, then type in the word Rome and your name, and send that, and somebody will get back to you with all the banking details. And once you pay the money into the bank, you'll be into the draw. And there it is. Let's see whether we can't crack that 1,000 mark or 2,000 mark. I mean, we're selling only 2,000 tickets. The prize is for two people to go with me in September to the canonization of Mother Teresa of Calcutta. We go to Rome and to Assisi. So it's a wonderful prize, valued at about 80,000 rand. And all it will cost you is a mere 300. Let's see what we can do. Show your love for uh, Radio Veritas. Show your love for uh, Mother Teresa and... Hopefully, you might come with us. Anyway, from me, from me now, it's goodbye. God bless you and have a pleasant evening.